Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvot Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvotisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Marilyn, the Holy Spirit must have been talking to you about what I was going to talk about. So you were going ahead of me and laying the groundwork for what God does when we pray. Amen. Thank you. This morning, I want to thank the elders and Shamashian for this opportunity to stand or sit before you to give a sermon. It's very important to have sermons because we come not only to worship and to pray and to dance and to stand and to give, but we also come to hear the word of God. Amen? But before we do that, I'd like everyone to stand because what I want to read is part of the Almidah prayer. And this prayer was prayed from the Second Temple period, which means that it was a prayer that was given when Yeshua was present, and it was a prayer that was given when Paul, Shaul, was, was present. And it goes, Gibo Adonai, the might of God. You, O Lord, are mighty forever. We say this every Saturday, but sometimes we get into a habit of saying things rote and not really listening to what we're saying. So this you'll find that ties into my talk. You raise the dead, thank God. You are mighty to save. You sustain the living with grace and resurrect the dead with an abundant mercy. Uphold the falling and heal the sick, Marilyn. Set free those in bondage and keep faith with those that sleep in the dust. Who is like you, master of mighty deeds? And who can compare to you, king who causes death and restores life and makes salvation sprout? And you are faithful to resurrect the dead. Blessed are you, O Lord, who resurrects the dead. And everyone said, Amen. And you know, when, from God's perspective, what that prayer means, that when he had given us new life, at that point, we have life everlasting. You may sit down. Thank you, Lord. In God's eyes, we are a people of everlasting life and faith. During the months of August, probably noticed Sandy and myself, we're gone a lot. We actually made three trips to New York. Every other week, we were on 95, heading up north. We went to see my family the first week, which I went to see my brother, who was on the Misha Barrett prayer, Frank Ramos. And I'd like to say by our prayers, he was made whole. 
He's doing well. Amen. And we went to, uh, to Sandy's family. And we attended two weddings there. Now, Sandy's brother, Fred Levy, which some of you may recognize the name, he was also on the Misha Barrett prayer list, who happens to be doing very well also. Praise the Lord. By Al coming up every other week to stay at his house, he was gracious enough to welcome us in. But he began to make fun of us, suggesting that maybe we should start a shuttle service between Richmond and New York. That's a joke, folks. I, could, I couldn't do it. The tolls are too high. That's another joke. Okay. Well, I think he was a little jealous because we are a very popular couple, as you all know. We attend many weddings and parties, and many people look at us as, are we going to start the dancing in, the, in, in, a, in, a, wet, in a wedding setting? I told them, actually, we're renting ourselves out for this wedding. We are the dancers who come in, like the mourners that came in, but we are the dancers that come in to actually get the dance floor jumping. So, please, if you have a wedding being planned, give us a call. But if any one of you are thinking of hiring us out, better make your reservation soon, for we are getting older and only have a few steps left. Amen. Next week, Sandy and I will be married 44 years. And she is. She's put up with me for 44 years plus. <laughs> but besides dancing our way to Yom Kippur, which is what we were doing, the second part up there, we did attend a Kabbat service Saturday morning as you had your service here for Yom Kippur. Quite interesting, since it was held in a field in Katona, New York, which is upstate, upper Washington, Westchester County, it was, it was held at a, the homestead, a, a place that they rent out. It was on, and they utilized tents for the service. Quite interesting, this, this service was held in a field. And if you drove up, you will see these tents, and they would all be lined up. And I was wondering, I thought it would be a big, a big, a big celebration. But we actually participated in the children's service, which was a smaller tent, officiated by the rabbi's wife, who, who she made it, uh, did a great job. She did all the traditional songs and a short play, play, play of Jonah. And she was quite, well, quite good at it. Feeling the, <clears throat> feeling the need to use the bathroom, I left the small tent and noticed that the adults were in a much larger tent. It was packed. So, of course, being inquisitive, I went up to look. But what I found is interesting. Across, across the walkway from the larger tent, where it was the kabat service for adults, there was a festival going on with all smaller tents. 
I said, wow. Now, Yom Kippur, here we are, fasting from sundown the night before. It's mid-Saturday morning, late going into afternoon. And here they're serving food on the next walkway over. I'm saying, what a temptation. I wanted, I wasn't sure if I should go to the tent or should I go to the, <laughs> for the food service. But this brings me to my sermon. Will this year be different than the past year? Lashan Hurrah. Lashana Tova, everyone. Happy New Year. You see, the high holy days are a time when we present ourselves to the Lord. We make recognition that we know that we're not perfect. We ask for his forgiveness and we ask for his sustenance. We ask that he draws us in to the heart that he sets before us. Do you know the, 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 the world itself also has a new year where they commit to making resolutions for themselves to change their lives in some manner. They make decisions or they make plans or they hope to eat better, right? Exercise more, you know, there you go. Stop drinking, stop smoking. Being a better person, and the list goes on and on and on. You know, when I was attending ACAC, uh, that would be January 1st, and the weeks following would be the, the most crowded, when everybody is in there saying, okay, I'm ready to change. I want a better life. I want to heal myself. But the, to be honest with you, I was never really that good with resolutions. I found it very difficult to keep. But can it be that when we activate resolutions in our lives, expecting that a couple of weeks of change will carry us through the whole year? That's my philosophy. Let's see how we start out. Hit it hard, and maybe we can cruise on through. When it doesn't work, we get frustrated, don't we? We quit. We give up. We say, I can't change. Sometimes very difficult for change. Don't you agree? But God says he's the same yesterday and today. But he wants to change us. Well, what does he want to change us into is what's important. The high, the high holy days are a time for believers to renew themselves, making decisions to do things God's way and seeking him. And folks, I'm also speaking to myself. If we can put up 2 Corinthians 4.16, please. Knowing that the one who raised the Lord Yeshua, we'll start with verse 16, please. Rob, expand that. Therefore, we do not lose heart, which is what happens when we try to do things in the flesh. Though our outward man is decaying, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. You see that? Though our outward man is decaying, right? The inward man is renewed day by day. That's what it said in the 
in, in the prayer that I opened with, that God sustains us each and every day of our lives. He is the one who looks at us, not as I'm getting older, Robert is getting older, his body is decaying, but he looks at us through eternity, his eyes, that he sees us with that goal of being his, in his presence forever and ever. If we look at, we have to say to ourselves, well, therefore, verse 16, so we have to go back to verse 14 to get the context of what therefore is. So there we go. Knowing that the one who raised the Lord, Yeshua, will raise us up also with Yeshua, and, we will, and he and will bring us with you into his presence. For all things are for your sakes, so that grace that is spreading through more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to who? The glory of God, purpose to the glory of God. And then we read uh, verse 16 again. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though our outward man is decaying and our inward man is renewed day by day. Now we come to the place where we're seeking God in his presence, just like we do during the high holy days. But it shouldn't stop there. It should continue and build a habit pattern that we don't quit. We don't give up. We continue to rely on the Lord and to ask him to draw us in to a deeper and closer meaning and closer relationship. Yes, our old man, our outward man is decaying. I can attest to that. I have two new knees. I have hearing aids. I wear glasses. I'm falling apart. <laughs> you know, but the inward man is renewed day by day. As I, as I get up in the morning, and thank God I'm semi-retired, I have the time in the morning to spend with the Lord. And that's the time that I hold precious before him because that's the time that I petition him and I allow him to work within my life. I know I'm not perfect, and I go before him in my imperfection, and I say, Lord, make me as you see me, not as I see me, as you see me, Lord, help me. Help me. You see, it's the Spirit of God. By the flesh, we lose the battle. That's why most people give up the resolutions. In the flesh, we lose the battle. But in the Spirit, we are more victorious. We are victorious each and every day. Because each and every day is a new beginning. What, what adventures does God have in store for you? Because he is a personal God. Every day, he's yearning to show his power to you. He yearns to show who he is to you. To make you believe that you are his own. That he cares for you. And he loves you with an everlasting love. If we turn to Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to read a, a long section here. And if you could just bear with me. I know we've been here a while. But we have to, I have to read this. Because, you know, it's the kind of thing that we hear bits and pieces all the time. But it's good to read it in this setting. And it's Romans chapter 8, verse 28, beginning. Now we know that all things work together for good 
to those who love God. How many, cannot, how many can attest to that? Because I can. Sometimes things work out that I don't think they can work out. I don't think they can do it. I said, how's God going to do it? How's God going to accomplish this? For those whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. That's what he's trying to do in your life and in mine. So that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, the body of Messiah. And those whom he predestined, those he, and those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he glorified. You are glorified in Yeshua HaMashiach. You don't need to wait until you're perfect in the flesh. It ain't going to happen. You are glorified in Yeshua now. You have to look not at the things that are set before you, but you have to look at yourself as living eternally, eternity, eternal with him. What then shall we say in view of these things? <laughs> Amen. If God is for us, let's hear it. Amen. We all know that one. Who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How shall we not also with him freely give us all things? Who shall charge against God's elect? Is God who justifies? If God justified you, why would he bring charges against you? When you go before a judge and he says, the penalty has been paid, and as you walk out the door, you say, oh, yeah, but wait a minute. I have this other charge against you. No, he frees. So has the Lord done that for us. Who shall bring a charge to God's elect? Is it God who justifies? No way. Who is the one who condemns? Is it the Messiah who died for you and more, moreover was raised? And is now at the right hand of God. And who also intercedes for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God. The love of Messiah. Shall tribulations. Distress. Stress. More stress. More stress. Persecution. Famine. Nakedness. Danger. Sword. As it is written, for your sakes, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. But in all these things, we are more than what? Conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Messiah Yeshua. Amen. Amen. What we have, Lord... The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob is a God who sustained the Israelites through 40 years in the desert. 
And I think if he took whatever it was, one million, two million, three million people through 40 years of challenges, I think he can take us through a couple of days. God wants us more than conquerors, people. But what, for what purpose? That others may know that God is alive. I forgot these people over here. <laughs> and reaching out to them. As you seek God's presence in your life, you will find how to please him. He will lead you in the pleasing of himself. Now we know that it says in Hebrews that to please God you have to have faith. But what is important about that faith is how you use the faith. Faith is an action verb. He wants you to get up and do something with the faith that we have, the faith of Messiah Yeshua. I think in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 31, 38, gives an illustration of what I'm speaking about. And it says here, <clears throat> the righteous judge, now when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one for another, just as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on the right, the believers, come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world, looking at life eternally. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, 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 when did we see you hungry? When did we feed you? When did we see you thirsty and give you something to drink? And when, and he answers, when you did it, you, when you see a stranger and invite him in, or naked, and you clothe him. And then it goes on to say in another verse, which I do not have up there. It says, for when you did it for the one of these least of my brethren, you have done it for me. You see, there's a world out there beyond these doors that God wants to influence. He wants to show his ability to make their lives the way that they want their lives to be. He wants to mold them. And be your God to them so that they may see and be just like Yeshua HaMashiach, reaching out to those less fortunate than themselves. So, folks, this new year, let us reach out to those less fortunate and walk in the newness of life, fulfilling the commission that Yeshua has given us, that when we have done it to the least, we have done it for him.
ושנה טובה. אמן.